This show is brought to you by our sponsor, Bitheads. They are a staple in the tech community I come from and have done incredible work over the past 18 years with some of the largest brands in the world, including The Simpsons, Tapped Out, Box, Optimal Payments, The New York Times, among many, many, many others. All told, they've built over 500 solutions from enterprise to entertainment. I'm proud to have them as a part of Untether.tv. Please support us by supporting them. Go to bitheads.com. everybody and welcome to untethered.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Virtual reality. Not me. I'm real. I have a pounding heart. I breathe. But virtual reality, we've heard so much about it, certainly around the Oculus Rift. We've certainly heard about it uh, for gaming. We've heard about it for virtual concerts. We actually covered some great stories about how somebody like Best Buy is using virtual reality to sell you product. But really, is there a real business model here? Is there something that can actually, is there a functional use other than motion sickness? Well, I have two guys here. They're the co-founders of a company called Iris VR. And these are the guys, they're working on an immersive design and presentation tool that sends architectural diagrams and models from software like SketchUp and Revit directly into a virtual reality environment like the Oculus Rift. All the way from Boston, we have the co-founders, Shane Scranton. Say hello, Shane. Hello, Rob. And right next to him, his yeah, his, his partner in crime, uh, it was Nate Beatty. Nate? Let's go, Rob. All right. So Boston, you guys, virtual reality. God, it's like the Boston Red Sox season, right? Virtual reality. Transition is not so good, but I, I'm very interested in knowing uh, what, what do you guys do? Uh, you guys seem like you're 19 and in the middle of a revolution here in virtual reality, but you're not. And you are. So tell us, what does Iris VR do? So we are taking 3D files, specifically SketchUp and Revit files, and sending them straight into VR. And um, this is this came out of I studied architecture um, and have worked at a couple architecture firms uh, around New England. And it came out of um, trying. We had to sell these files, right? So an architect spends a lot of time in CAD programs and in 3D files. Um, getting their getting their designs pretty much into 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 uh, construction world, right? They have to they have to model these files and get them ready to show to clients. And um, what I was doing at these firms is I was taking those three D files and presenting them to clients, so that um, an architect could walk in and a client could understand their space, understand what they were looking at. And um, when virtual reality was announced, we saw that the Oculus Rift, their video, was saying that. Um, it really puts you in the game, that you really feel like you're there, that you, you feel like you're, you're in the space. And I thought, oh, that's kind of what I'm doing already for architects. It might be a good <laughs> idea to see um, if I could take these 3D files I'm working with anyway that we're trying to sell customers on and see if we could put them straight into the Oculus Rift, see if the client could walk around and understand the space a little better. Um, and that's where it started. We got the Rift, oh, I think last October. And uh, the first file I put in was actually a 3D model of my house. And um, because that's the perk, I guess, of doing 3D is I had a model of the house I grew up in. And I remember I put um, this, it's a SketchUp file. I put this file straight into uh, Unity, which is a game engine, and then into the Oculus Rift. And it was sort of the drop everything moment where I realized that like this could be real. I felt like I was there. 
I got started getting smells of my mom cooking. I looked outside. I was like, it's just a white plane, right? Not the whole file wasn't modeled, but it felt like I was there and I was present in the space. You know, it's an unfinished 3D file. I'd never experienced that sort of emotional connection to anything in 3D or in the digital world before. And it made me realize that this, this platform, the, the ability to look around and the ability to, to sense space is really special and very pertinent to the industry. So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Nate, did you have a similar experience or did you just, uh, did, uh, did Shane call you up and say, this is it? Like, how did this, how did the, the you know, the partnership form here? Sure. So, um, I guess I was working on a, uh, a physics thesis last, let's see, last fall. And, uh, so you, you got, so physics and architecture. Yeah. Yes. So I, I studied physics and math and, and Shane was studying architecture at Middlebury College, right? And when Shane got the rift and had this this um, transformative experience, right when he saw his uh, his house for the first time, he gave me a call and I went over and, and checked out the Oculus for the first time. And it was um, it was for me a similar kind of experience. I I walked through Shane's house and uh, you know in in virtual reality, and it was pretty incredible. So at that point, I didn't really realize that we had a um, a business on our hands, you know, and that this could be something larger until we started talking with more architecture firms and um, some key advisors in, you know, in, up here in Vermont, uh, tech advisors and some business advisors. And it, it sort of grew legs from there. I had a serious trial by fire in, in the architecture industry. I learned a lot pretty quick. Um, and as soon as I graduated, then we started Iris and started working full time on it. So when you guys were taking this to architecture firms, what was their reaction? And I'm not talking about to the Oculus. I'm just talking about to the to, to the idea. Absolutely. So when, when we got this, I guess, around October, um, it's funny. We, I mean, the assumption was, I was like, oh, it'd be great to get architectural files straight into VR. I bet you someone's doing that. Um, so we, the reason we went into all these firms is we were really seeing what else they had seen in the space. We were seeing if we had a company. and. Um, Turns out we were pretty much the first people in into any of these places, and we really are the first doing it in this space. So when we went in, I mean, a lot of times, you know, we're, we're young guys going to these very established firms in Boston and New York and New England, kind of like big black box in hand. We have a box around here we can show, but, um, and talking about virtual reality sounding kind of crazy. Like, you'll put these goggles on, you'll feel like you're there. Um, but it was so funny. The reaction was so skeptical until we got the the first person to actually try it out. We were walking through a couple models I had built, and um, general reaction was like, how do we get this right now? We have three clients tomorrow that aren't understanding their kitchen. We really need them to get this kitchen. How do we, how do we get this? And, uh, and typically, typically we talk to someone like mid-level, like they come in, they'd be the 3D guy, they'd be like, all right, what are you showing me? And um, they try it on, they'd go back, sit down, start texting, and people from the office would start flowing in. And this has happened so many times where like, we end up demoing 50 or 60 people in the office because it's fun and it's, it's a new platform that really shows a space. Um, and <laughs> so are you demoing, but, but are you demoing, like, like again, is, it, is, is the fascination the, the Oculus or is the fascination the two things combined, like the, the potential of the Oculus in that industry? So I, I think, and this is sort 
are coming from the industry outside of the most the most powerful experience that I and kind of demo right that I gave. Um, Shane and I went down and, and presented this to a residential architect in Connecticut who, after he walked through a house using the Oculus Rift, right, he, he stood up and he put his hand over his heart and he said, "Gentlemen, that feels like I just walked through a house that I designed for the first time. The first time, you know, he, he said, the first time I step into a, a space that I've designed and that I've built, I get this." This feeling like I get these butterflies in my stomach. A real space. A real space. Yes. Into a real space. And 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 he had that feeling. He had that feeling of like, wow, I just stepped into a space that I designed um, when he was using the iFeels Rift. So so that's um, to me kind of demonstrates the power of of virtual reality for architecture, right? It allows architects and designers to be able to you know, see these spaces that they've designed way before the place is actually built. And then it also lets them, you know, communicate the ideas of, of space with their clients and, and colleagues. So it's a it's a combination of like the wow factor of the iFeels group, but also the use case of being able to in, being able to instantly see it's instant gratification, right? And it's like you take a design and you can instantly see what you're working on. And to answer your question sort of directly, I'd say it is a reaction to the Oculus Rift. Yeah. Um, but the reason we have a company is because architects and engineers can't go straight to the Rift, right? They are reacting to the Rift, but they have no way to get their files there. So that's that's exactly where we sit. Mm -hmm. How did you find that problem? Like, so, you know, like, was it a whole bunch of testing? As you said, you walked into, uh, you know, architectural firms and you showed them the possibility. And then they, they kept on asking, how do I get this? How do I get this? Is that what, uh, you know, spawned this idea? I'd say the idea was rather, um, I mean, it's, it's instinctive in that, like, to, the first demo I made in virtual reality, I had to do the workflow that currently exists, where you mm -hmm. got your existing 3D file, you pretty much have to process it through all these different uh, software suites. So 3ds Max, usually, then into an FBX format, then into a game engine, then into VR. And after doing that about once, it was so clear that that is not a fluid workflow, and it's a big pain, and um, architects don't have time, engineers don't have time, they don't know these programs, like, it's really, it was, it, it's obvious, I would guess, it's pe for people to actually um, use the Oculus Rift as a tool to iterate through design and to show clients, they don't have, they, they don't, they, they can't think about that stuff, they have to just do it. So I don't know, I guess the idea came out of just the, the other the other option being bad. <laughs> Yeah, ultimately. Yeah, well, that's typically that's typically the way that you find it uh, find it out. So th then, what happens with this process? So, so you find enough critical mass local guys interested in this kind of stuff. Then what do you guys do with this? Because this is something that probably involves quitting jobs, foregoing futures, um, and uh, and probably salary and all of those things. Um, and and uh, before you can dive into it, so what do you guys do after you you realize that there's a market here for augmented reality in architecture firms? Then we started talking to more business advisor types um, because yep. we, we knew we had a market, but it was more of like, a, is this a company sort of thing? Um, and we've got a universal quit your job and go. Like, this is a hot space. It's a good space. And we felt that way, too. Um, I don't know. I, I know, Nate, you turned down some other jobs to come sure. work with me. And I, I mean, as insane as that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and that was around January. And uh, and then, yeah, it was like living, living, living the ramen dream for the first three or four months because yeah. um, we had you know no revenue and no funding so uh it was it was, <laughs> the, it was uh it was, sounds uh, so appealing yeah exactly. I, I, I had a countdown on jars of peanut butter that i could afford before you know 
before that was it. <laughs> you guys. But yeah, no, it was good. It worked out. Yeah, and and then and then that in that period of sort of just the discovery phase, it was pretty much climbing the ladder into bigger and bigger firms and bigger and bigger business advisors. So um, we went out to Palo Alto for a very uh, formative trip, and um, we went to New York and Boston and met with like Gensler and Elkis Manfredi and firms that have a lot of sway in the world and that are very, very large. And um, that, that's, that's what helped us mobilize to grow the team. And actually What did they say? What did they uh, all say universally? Universally, cool. And, and about 80% said, we can use this today. And about 60% said, uh, how do we buy this right now? And um, mm -hmm. we have a very unique problem as a startup where we've identified this right market. And we sort of have the if you build it, they will come scenario where we now have proven demand and, and the technical challenges are very large to actually get there. So we're sort of, we're top heavy on the demand and now we need to build up the team and build up the resources to build up pretty much an engine to do this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, at this point we only have the bandwidth to support so many beta testers and users and clients and, and only, we can only do so much research and development and ultimately, you know, we want to be able to support everybody that sends us an email and says, hey, can we use this now? So uh, is there still a, like a manual process that needs to be put in place if you get a client today? Like it's not, it's not, it's not an automated uh, conversion at this moment. So yeah, so I mean, we can do, we can certainly do, you know, the manual process um, by hand. Shane has has gotten pretty good at that, um, and we have a couple of guys here on the team that can do that as well, which is terrific. Um, and we can do that kind of on a on a one off basis. But the greater vision, right, is to to make that process one click and right now we have a couple of early betas that, that do that uh, um, which is pretty exciting and I'm, I was actually just working on another one this morning right um, I'm rolling in some new features and, and trying to get the process even faster and faster so we um, the software is early right it's still in development and and but we're looking forward to bringing more uh, beta testers on board and we have a few now which is great um, both local firms and a few uh, few out of the west coast so and these beta Data testers are trying out an app. It is a downloadable app where you drag and drop a 3D file and in a couple seconds it shows up in virtual reality. And we actually just made a, a demo video of it working. You know, we didn't cut we didn't cut the loading phase out, so you can actually see it actually doing the full phase. So uh, yeah, it is an app, it's beta, but we're we're building it. So I mean th this is it's fascinating, right? Because it's a niche industry and uh, these guys are uh, you know, it, it's important as you said to visualize for their clients. Um, the the impact of a of something right so this is they're building a house they're remodeling a kitchen this is the impact of what this decision is going to make on the house and it makes it easy for them to go through it I alluded to this in the introduction where Best Buy has created this uh, you know virtual reality room where you can go in and you can see what your house would look like with that GE refrigerator in your house right so um, it's not your house technically but it's you know this is what it would look like um, so you know the 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 concept sounds great. Um, but how are we too early? Because is the Oculus uh, accessible to the mere human right now, right? Uh, Cost-wise uh, and and availability, because you know not everybody's walking around with an Oculus Rift around their on their face, are they? That's a good point. We are we are early. I would argue that we are not too early. So right now the Oculus Rift is in development, right? So it's a development yeah. kit. Um, you can't go out and buy one. You have to you have to pretty much register online and order one and you. It's not plug and play. You have to be a developer. 
Um, the big announcement, uh, I guess, last month that really changed everything was the announcement of Gear VR, which is a partnership with Oculus and Samsung. Um, it's operating on a Galaxy Note 4. It's totally wireless, and it's a VR headset that's coming out this month or next. Um, right. And that's huge because that's a consumer version, and that is, that's getting to the point where people can go to Best Buy, buy it, and then have it in their house. Right now, when we sign up someone for the beta, we have to ship them on an Oculus Rift. And like that's obviously not scalable, and that's obviously something we do only for an alpha or a beta. Um, right. So yeah, Gear VR is very exciting in that space because it suddenly brings VR into the consumer market, and we've tried it out. We both tried it out. It's good. It's really good. They, uh, it's better than the current iterations of the of the plug-in goggles. Yeah. Well, and and but where does it compare to the Oculus experience? And that's exactly it. It's better. It's oh, it is right. okay. It's, so. So yeah, so it's better than the development kit that's right. out now, okay. right? So ultimately, the Oculus experience, the consumer release of the Oculus, will be will be um, a, a higher quality, right? Because it'll be run by a PC, so you can have all the horsepower of you know all your 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 stack of GPUs, you know, and all your gaming horsepower, right, running the experience. But right now, I mean, I'll let you speak to your VR. It's, yeah. it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, so right now, I mean, it's, it's impressive what a Note 4 little GPU chip can do. Um, like Nate said, it won't be able to handle the largest of scenes. It won't be able to handle the highest resolution textures. But the latency uh, with head movements really low. Um, the resolution is very high. Um, and the general experience is untethered. Um, because you feel you're, there's no more cords, there's no more cables running every which way. It's a, it's a mobile device, so people feel very free in the space, and um, we're excited to develop for that um, as as the PC goggles start ramping up. Um, Oculus made it very clear in their keynote that they are pretty much developing for they have mobile and PC and they're separate products, and they'll be developing those um, as they move forward. So we've had uh, many, you know, fits and starts with virtual reality, uh, you know, in my life. I might be a little bit older than you, a couple of years, maybe three, four, 10, 20, whatever, whatever, it's a small amount, right? Yeah. In the grand scheme of life, it's a very small amount. But uh, I mean, what, what, what is so amazing about this time? And why do you think now is the time that virtual reality is about to hit its stride? Short answer is it doesn't make you sick anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that is really the that's the kicker, right? But is, that's latent. Uh, was that latent? Was that a latency issue? It's a whole bunch of things. Oh yeah, yeah. any yeah. any source of your eye brain disconnect, right? So anytime what you're seeing doesn't connect with how you're feeling and how you're actually moving, um, you know you feel you feel it here. So that's uh, and and right, that's a major problem. We don't want to make people yeah. sick and. Uh, no. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, and we, I guess we both tried the next iteration of Oculus's hardware, their next in-house um, prototype. Crescent right? Bay. Crescent Bay. And um, it's pretty cool. We saw that out at Oculus Connect. And it, it, it's the first time I've been able to exist, I guess, other than a Valve, a really convincing HMD that I tried from Valve. Um, it was the first time that I've been able to just like exist in VR and not feel queasy or dizzy at all. It was extraordinary. Wow. So Nate's our best guinea pig. He gets yeah. really, really sick in VR. So if when he's, <laughs> when he's good to go, we know the world's good to go. Um, you have a guy. You have a guy who gets sick in virtual reality, and he's in a virtual reality company. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Perfect. It's funny, it's funny that that's my profession these days. And we have demos where you don't get sick, which is pretty. Which is which is yeah. why which is why VR is here today. Um, because that's I mean that's what's killed it so many times before. 
discomfort. And then, and then kind of just to piggyback off of that, a, a lack of content, right? So yeah. virtual reality has never gotten to a point where developers feel comfortable developing on the platform and ultimately, you know, some hardware hits the market, there's no content, it makes people sick, and so people would get these units, these these HMD, you know, hardware, these, and there's nothing to do with them. So ultimately, when Oculus is released, if it doesn't make people sick and there's something to do with it, it's a total win. So how did you guys feel when Oculus was acquired? We felt great. I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought it was really good. So we were raising money, <laughs> we were raising money at that point in time, and uh, there was a lot of questions around whether we were insane to be trying to do a VR company. And like literally, like perfect timing, Facebook, like they, it was just, it was such a great gesture for the longevity of VR. Um, and Facebook's been very hands off from like the, the, uh, the software side of things, right? They've left the team to do their work and like that you just, what they provided as, as, as Oculus has said, is they provided um, um, everything from like finding employees, recruiting, um, to just providing resources like the partnership with Samsung is is there's a lot of resources that go into that so they've been great. So it's and it's also probably a, a good uh, sugar daddy when it comes to financing this thing so that the the path to revenue doesn't have to be a cheesy path it can be an, it can be a good path to revenue get the product right. I can only assume yeah, yeah. that uh, having having again the resources of Facebook at your disposal is only a good thing for product development. What do you think that they? What do you think that they see in it, right? So I, I get it. Like architectural uh, images, like everybody right now listening to this or watching this, can close their eyes and they can understand how it can be impactful. We've bought a house. We're remodeling a house. It makes a big difference, right? So you, I get that market. It makes total sense for me. Why? Why do you think Facebook looked at this and said, "Man, we got to get this"? Is it because of entertainment, gaming? What? It's it's because so in the demo we just tried the the future of VR the the um, Crescent Bay, um, one of the demos is you're, you're standing face to face with an alien and it's a very well modeled, and I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this, it's a very well modeled animated alien and, and you're looking at it and we were both talking about it so we felt this really strong connection to this alien, like we really felt like we were, we were, we were bros with that alien, it was a great alien, it was bizarre, it was really weird and, um, and what Facebook has said, and what Oxus has said, is they, they're hoping for a billion-person VR social network, right? And and I get it, because if you're sitting in a space talking to someone in VR, like, you get an insane level of connection, and the social aspects of virtual reality are really exciting um, because of that. What happened, to, what happened to real life, though? You know, that, uh, you know? Yeah. I, I'm just... Because, you know, I, I get the same thing when I sit... Probably when I sit across from you, we have a good conversation... You know, maybe go out for a drink. You know, I shake your hand. You know, I follow up with a good conversation, a good call. We become friends. Like, what? What? What about that? So, what about I, real reality? Right, right, right. I don't think VR is ever going to play, replace real reality. But, um, like, kind of like what Mark has said, right? In that, um, he just wants, he wants, he sees this as as a cool new platform, right? And that it's, um, it's sort of the next big thing in tech. And, and it really is a platform, right? And I think that um, it's too much It's too much fun, right? It's too much fun not to be able to just like exist in another space. And even if that space, so we tried a demo that was, um, it was really, the, the, there were these cartoon animals, like this cartoon deer, and you kind of sat by a campfire and watched this cartoon deer with this new, <laughs> this new hardware. And it was cool, it was really fun, but it certainly isn't a replacement for the real world. So 
I, I keep my fingers crossed that you know we will still have human interaction in the future. <laughs> I, I think, for example, this platform that we're doing right now will be like you're saying, like it's nice to be, have the human interaction. When you can't, I mean, if we're all sitting at a table in virtual reality together, it's a much more fluid interaction. That I would like to film. I would, I would absolutely put uh, do be the first guy to do interviews through virtual reality through the Oculus. That would be amazing if you could do that. So figure that out. Okay, sounds good. There's no money in it. There's no money in it, but figure it out, would you? What what other what other industries do you look at and you think you know what if we if we if we look at architecture because it's a good niche you understand it Shane you get it it's something that that this industry is something that you understand you understand their pain um, you understand the challenges so it's a natural evolution to be able to go and do this but uh, I mean I, I, there's gaming that I know and I've seen some some great examples of virtual reality uh, concerts right so that you can put it on and you're part of the concert hall which is to me amazing. Um, because it, it gives you that, uh, that, you know, the feeling that you're in the concert. Uh, but what else is out there that you see that this industry will start to attract more people like you guys, young entrepreneurs who are trying to build a business in virtual reality? What else is out there that you're seeing that excites you? Yeah, so we, so it, that's funny. For us specifically, um, because we're, like, let's, let's focus on SketchUp, because we're offering support for SketchUp, we, we talk about architecture a lot because we know that industry yep. is right. But that, that applies to everything from engineering to construction to set design for Hollywood films to interiors cool. to landscape work. Um, pretty much any, like, I remember the key, one of the keynotes at Oculus Connect, the conference we were just at, was saying um, that the Oculus is ultimately about sharing spaces. And, like, God, that was good for us to hear. But really, like, you know, an interiors crew or, or someone mapping out camera movements on a Hollywood set are going to be just as drawn to that. And that's just within SketchUp and our industry and our own proprietary stuff. When you start looking at the, the, the wider reaches of VR, I think it's going to be hard to pick an industry where there isn't some, there isn't some impact. I mean, we, we talked to a bunch of guys who are doing, like, uh, working with David Attenborough on a, a couple of things, and we're like, you know, there's already 3D assets in Pixar's movies for uh, right. for those animated characters. Like those exist in 3D. You could you yeah. could change that into a VR movie pretty easily. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> do you see that? Do you, do you see that happening? Where where uh, you know 3D came and went, and then came and went, and then came and went, and mm -hmm. I feel sorry for those suckers that bought the 3D TVs. You guys didn't, did you? No, no way. Yeah, thank God. Like I'm what not kind not of sure. asinine? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever sold those, like it's uh, snake oil, right? But so it came and went and it came and went. Do you see a time where it's like, uh, you know, virtual reality is like de facto, like I'm watching NFL football on a Sunday afternoon uh, with an Oculus. Do you see that happening real time, live, that kind of thing where I'm, I feel like I'm there? We, I see that in like two years. I'm and I, like, you know, we started a company around this, so we really do believe this. But the thing about like 3D movies is they just aren't that great. And the thing about VR is it's totally awesome. <laughs> like, it's like, that's the way you classify it on a scale you know, of not that great to totally awesome. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a visceral thing, right? When you when you put on the 3D glasses in a movie theater, you're kind of, you're, there, it can be enjoyable stuff pops out at you. But when you put on a VR goggles, you're there. You, you can bro out with an alien or you can look through your new house. And I just think there's a fundamental difference in platform there, which is why we, we steer very heavily away from talking about like the 3D in cinema right now. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to get there. I think... I think we've we've seen some demos of like people hanging 3D cameras in a football stadium, so you can watch the Super Bowl in in a more immersive format. I think everyone's going to want that. It's it's really funny how often you know it comes up, whether it's with a friend, an architect, an investor, an engineer. I mean, whoever you know, um, 
people get hung up on that. Well, why why would I use VR? Why would I make this investment in the software and the hardware, right? When I could just you know look at a photorealistic rendering or zoom around on the file through SketchUp, and and really the well, it's just it's just awesome, you know. Just try it. Like that explanation is that's the only way to do it justice. It's like, hey, just put this on, and 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 then let's talk about why it's better. You know, but, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, but I think that's a key thing, right? Not a lot of people have tried this, right? Because it's a scarce resource, right? So when you when people try it, and I've seen some great videos on YouTube where guys are are trying it for the first time and it's killing them, right? And and uh, like literally. Yeah, I think uh, our face is a hashtag on Twitter. You know, people. Yeah. You know. Okay. That's it exactly. Right yeah, exactly. and uh, and swearing their heads off and they're hysterical, right? <laughs> and and um, but but I think that that's one of the biggest challenges right here is that the people who, who have not tried this, all of a sudden, if you haven't tried it, you don't understand the impact that it can have. But something always strikes me is that, and I want to ask a mobile question in a minute because the audience here is, is mobile, but this fits into this as a wearable technology. But, um, you know, it, it seems, so architectural drawings and, and putting models in and doing it, you know, that's, that's a good start. But do you ever think that, like, a real thing to show true value is is to be that company that creates um, uh, virtual reality on the fly. So what I see right now is virtual reality in a um, in the past. So what I mean by that is that I, I say there's a concert that's filmed properly and I can put this on and I can watch the concert that happened last year, right? I can look at a, a architectural model that has been crafted and put through this thing. I can look at something that has already been filmed and recorded and rendered and then it's in the past. But do you think that there's an opportunity for virtual reality in, in the present, in the real time? Because I think that oh, yeah. if you start to think about that, and that's what I was saying about the Super Bowl, but is that is it technically feasible for somebody to create real-time virtual reality like that well so so this actually brings up a really um a cool project i'm sure you and, and probably your viewers have heard of like google tango and yeah. some of these cool new you know 3d mapping mobile 3d mapping solutions right so 3d is is i think sort of the next big technical revolution right um putting the power to create um, a 3d model in the hands of people with mobile devices right that's right. That's definitely coming, and that's what you need. You can't just take a 3D panoramic picture and have that be virtual reality. Really, you need that that depth. You need that extra, well, you need three dimensions, right? You need three-dimensional space. So once, yeah, right. I get it. Right. Yeah. So once once people have the power to map their space and in a real way with a mobile device, then um, then there's definitely a way for people to create virtual reality experiences on the fly, right? And 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 it opens up the doors to real-time virtual reality. So does that make, is that mobile's piece in all of this? Like, does the, the computing power of a mobile device now, whether it be an iPhone or an Android device or whatever it might be, um, does that contribute to this in some way? Like not as a viewer, maybe as a viewer, but does it does it contribute to the to getting the content in to be able to create that world where we can do, uh, you know, real-time virtual reality? No one's done it yet, um, mainly right. because there's very few people that have been able to get their hands on Gear VR as of yet. I'd say real-time real time right now on a Galaxy Note 4 is going to be a hard ask because mm -hmm. we're showing a stereoscopic view, right, as well. It has to run on the GPU, and you can't have the phone overheat, pretty much. It's, it's a heat thing. Um, yeah. I think that it's not 
it's a very realistic thing. It's a very realistic mind game for a year or two. And like, okay. it's, it's, it, it yeah. would be hard to see it not happening. Um, because here we have these devices that are already reading your surroundings. Um, Google Tango is an indicator that our phones are starting to move from just measuring two dimensions into measuring three dimensions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very exciting time to think about, you know, what that extra dimension is going to do to our interaction with these apps and with these with these devices. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I think about it just from a, a purely, like, I, I think, you know, you go after a niche like what you guys have done, but then you also have to go out to if it's a mass market thing, you have to go out something that is that is spectator friendly, that is that has a an, an incredibly um, I don't know active not physically active, but engaged audience. And that's why it always seems that we start to see this kind of technology emerge in, in the NFL, right? So, you know, the uh, basically before drones, but they had the, you know, the wire camera that went over the, you know, across the entire field. So you get this entire panorama of what it is to be like looking down upon the field. And I'm fairly certain that you're going to start to see drones flying over these games. And then, and then, so you're mapping this in 40 different directions in 40 different ways. And I'm just thinking, is there a way to bring that all into it so that it's an immersive environment? And then when I go on a trip so i take my kids to italy for vacation right i'd love to be able to have the, the result of that would be a virtual reality walkthrough of our entire vacation you know those kind of things are, are that that's where i'm getting at it and yes. when you start to think about the potential of what industry you guys are in um at the ground level uh you know you have to attach yourself to something like a niche like architecture but then you, do you guys find yourself thinking like that like wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? Wouldn't it be cool if we could do that? I can't wait till we do this. And does that shape the direction of your business? Or or can you contain your mind and the thinking to right now making sure that you focus on architecture? Oh, yeah, it's the biggest problem we have. I mean, there's oscillations right. of ideas every day of like, oh, we got to do it. Like, because the industry is so wide open, like you're saying that, yep. yeah, our, our biggest challenge is with, with seven people right now, you know, hopefully 10 soon, like, like how how to stay laser focused but you know remain nimble and you know if something is released we want to be able to, uh, to, to, to take it in or you know we want to be able to process it and yeah. what you're saying is exactly spot on is we can we can let hardware limitations guide us a little bit honestly where where mobile tech is and where desktop tech is um, we can we can sort of roll out our timeline based on that um, but yeah it is it's the biggest challenge I would say mm -hmm. is the feature set and which feature set to prioritize. Well, and, and so when you went to your investors, you raised a small round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to get us going in April, we had we had a small round raised. Yep. How hard was that to convince somebody to put money into you guys for that, something like this? It happened right after the Facebook acquisition, which is okay. why we said that was good. It 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 it, it, it was it allowed us to move forward pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and so I mean, if you raise another one, what do you hope happens? What what has to happen? Uh, does the does Oculus have to be released? For you to think that, like, to get that bump that you need to be able to get uh, to convince more investors, or do you think that you've got enough traction right now from your potential customers and in trials that the investors will come back in? Well, it's it's kind of neat. We're we're in an, this interesting place as we discussed before that um, you know we have a couple of clients, we have a couple of yeah. clients that have paid us for these one-off kind of um, you know pilot program projects um, that have helped us do a lot of research and development, and we've had a lot of commitment uh, from. I mean, literally hundreds of architects that said that they want this product. So that certainly helped out. Um, and as Oculus has gotten more and more serious with the release of Gear VR, the partnership with Samsung, their continued development, and they've shown that they can really execute on, on extraordinary hardware given some really, really serious constraints, right? In time, in, uh, previously in funding, 
I mean, it's 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 all good news for us, right? So um, we really need to, you know, get going on the product, and well, not get going, continue development, right? Right, just put the pedal even further to the metal if we could possibly do that. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I think I think we'll be able to do to do what we need to do to raise ground. It's a good space right now, I guess. Is yeah. Know, so. What, so, I mean, it's interesting because is there another industry that you think like, I, this might sound stupid, but I always think that, you know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you get this? Like, how did e-commerce start? How did uh, online payments start? How did video conferencing start? What, who advanced the technology? And it sounds so terrible, right? But it was, it was uh, porn, yeah. right? right? Like, and I always think like, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I always think about it, but I don't always think about porn. But I think about <laughs> I think about adoption, right? And I think about uh, how do you how do you um, how do you find the customers to be able to to get them adopted? So, for example, like you know, a business transaction like Walmart is now moving in the U.S. to chip and pin. So that is going to be a catalyst for chip and pin technology in in payments, right? So there's they're big enough to change behavior. And and uh, so with with Oculus and and virtual reality, I think what is what is that thing that it's going to take in order for people to change their behavior and start using these things, like putting on glasses in a big way. And I, so for me, it, I see the beauty around gaming. I see the beauty around entertainment, but but it's not enough. I think for the average human being to say I'm going to get into this. So is this a niche thing or is this a global thing? Maybe not as big as as mobile devices, but is it? Where does it fit in that spectrum? I think you tapped into it earlier, honestly, saying I want to go on vacation. It's porn? Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> is that what it was? Well, yeah. so, well, we're followed by a couple of yeah. Well, well, to be really <laughs> honest, quite honestly, I think porn will sustain the industry early on, um, quite yeah. a lot. But also, what you said earlier about going on vacation and having recording that in VR, mm -hmm. I think that taps into the like the like. I can think of use cases where my grandma would want to put on VR. Like yeah. she wants to attend my graduation or and like and she wants to be there. Like VR allows that more than any other medium as of yet. And I think that that should not be underplayed, right? Like I can I can't think of any other thing we have in the office besides a virtual reality headset that my grandma would want to put on, <laughs> you know, or, or interface with. But like a couple of goggles we have lying around, like I can think of a million things to show her that she would get a kick out of. And that's like that that's different than than you know, e-commerce. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I think I have kids, I have young kids and I think, boy, wouldn't it be great? I, I would love to show them um, the Taj Mahal, right? So when I think of education, I think of those, those kind of things that, that are doing, but I would love to show them my trips to the Taj Mahal even more, yeah. right? I would love to show them those moments that, that are part of life. And, and we're documenting life right now in a one dimensional way, right? I'm taking photos and I'm taking videos. And, uh, and I'm pushing some online, but I'm keeping a whole store of them. It wouldn't be great if at the end of my life, which will be long from now, but my kids could see those pivotal moments in a, you know, those trips that we took as kids when they were kids and as we grew up that they can then pass down. I think that this whole kind of digital archiving piece is great, but it's experiential as well. You have to know what it feels like to be there at that moment. And, and that's what I'm hoping. Like maybe we're way off topic here, but yeah. that to me is the promise of this virtual reality. It isn't so much about gaming, but it is about the experience of gaming, the experience of being in a place that you aren't, but having that feeling that you are and understanding the point of view by which you're looking at it. I think it's, I, I can't explain it any better. Right. Am I way off here? Well, no, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think 
in terms of so documenting, you know, your own experiences um, and your own real world experiences yeah. and archiving them, that's that's definitely coming. But I think even before that, um, being able to create experiences and is going to be much more powerful, right? So like, so gaming is, I'm like it's it's fun in the iPhone's drift, right? But I was never a gamer. I was never a video gamer growing up. I'm real. I'm terrible at video games, right? We're trying. To- like Team Fortress or something like that. Um, anyway, so the uh, but yeah, so so um, what I really like about the rip is that it's you can explore a space, explore something that's that came out of somebody else's imagination, right? The that's fun, cool. the fun of using the Oculus Rift for me isn't just you know um, the challenge of of some pre-constructed game, you know, some some artificial. Uh, tasks that you have to complete. Literally, it's just like it's really fun just to walk through somebody else's imagination. So, um, and I really can't put it in a way that's less corny, right? So, for somebody to be able to create something that's even if it's cartoon-like, and then have somebody else walk through it, that that like ability to take what's in my head and like all of a sudden have you walk through it, that's just so cool to me. That who wouldn't want to give that a try? Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so fascinated by this because um, you know there there is there is so much potential here as a platform. But then again, I don't want to jinx it, and I don't want to think too much about it right. until there's some kind of natural growth that happens as a result. Because we're talking about a product that has had an impact, has had a huge exit, and like not not the product, but the most notable product, the Oculus has already created such a stir that it's already had a massive exit in an industry that is unproven right now. But we all see the potential and I'm fascinated to see this roll out um, and to see what happens with with the adoption of this. And for you guys, which is really cool, and for those listening or watching, the lesson that, that Shane and Nate bring to you is very clearly is that, you know, you get opportunities like this um, you don't get opportunities like this very often. You don't get opportunities to be at the forefront of a platform. Because you see what happens in 2007 when iOS was released, when the first iPhone was released. It was massive. I was a part of the internet revolution, which in the mid to late 90s, right, where, where the internet was a, you became a platform, grew up as a platform, a commercial entity. I was there during the early days of BlackBerry, which became a platform, which led to mobile, which led to email on the hip and led to where we are right now. And then we're always looking for that next piece. It could it be IoT, could it be the world of sensors, internet everywhere, VR. These are the things that 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 we'll look back at this, and I hope, and we'll, you'll look back at this conversation in in five years and think, oh, that that's where Iris VR started. That moment they took the risk at that time on a platform that was unproven, but turned out to be proved that turned out to prove itself over the years and become the next big platform. And who knows, you guys could be the giant in this industry in five, three, eight, 10, 20 years, however long it takes, 20 year overnight success, right? Yeah, there you go. So I, I, I commend you on, the, on, on what you guys are doing because th- this, is, this is what makes great companies, the risk that you guys are taking. Well, thank Kudos, you. Kudos, dudes. Appreciate it. Yeah. Where do we send people to go and find more information? Irisvr.com. There you go. And we tweeted VRViz, uh, V-R-V-I-Z. V-R-V-I-Z, or if you're in Canada, it's V-I-Z, you know. There you go. Good point. It's a a language difference, (laughs) right? Uh, uh, But go to irisvr.com. Shane, Nate, thank you for your time. I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you.
Appreciate it. Live from Boston, it's Shane and Nate, the co-founders of IrisVR. Go to irisvr.com if you'd like some more information. Those of you who are still here at the end of this episode, thank you for sticking around. Can you imagine doing untether.tv interviews in virtual reality? Can you imagine seeing this in virtual reality, sitting at a table? That's what I'd like to see. So when you guys do that, let me know. For those of you who are still here, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on untether.tv. Thanks, guys. Thank you.